business is to successfully play its part in addressing the climate emergency, then meaningful action needs to start now. The commitments made at COP26, increasing regulations and growing public and market demand for change are driving this momentum. But the size and the complexity is overwhelming. So where do you start? How do you focus your strategy, get your people making the right choices and sustain that energy to deliver real results? Today, we're taking a closer look from the perspective of a business that is leading the way in embedding sustainable value and purpose in what they do. James Wright, MD of Jude's Ice Cream, is here to unpick their journey to producing carbon negative ice cream alongside their B Corp status. And he's joined by Zubin Randeria, leader of PwC's ESG business to explore what others can learn from this journey in order to drive change through their own organisations to make business a force for good. James, thanks for joining and welcome to our virtual studio. How are you doing? Hey, Rowena. Hey, Zubin. Great, great to be with you. Yes. Hello, everyone. Uh, very nice to be here. So thanks, folks. So regular listeners to our podcast will be no strangers to the topic of all things ESG or how businesses are embracing purpose. But even so, when you hear about an achievement such as carbon negative ice cream, a step beyond net zero, then you do sit up and take notice. So, James, before we get into the details of that success, let's just take a step back. And what spurs that level of ambition? So we are a carbon negative B Corp. And the idea about around B corporations is that their businesses should and can be forces for good. And, and we really, really believe this. And so we want everything we do to go through that prison of, you know, we want to be a force for good. We want to make, you know, the, the really difficult, but really important and really meaningful decisions in all we do. So yeah, we, we happen to make the most amazing ice cream, um, but we want to be a force for good. And, and I think as, as you said in, in the introduction about being a force for good, I think the, the carbon negative story for us is, is a good example. So we became carbon negative as a business. And for us, that means we offset 110% of our emissions scope one to three in the middle of COVID when we'd lost half our business overnight. And uh, yeah, looking back at that time, you know, none of us really want to look back to two years ago, but it was a really, really difficult time. Um, very uncertain what was going to happen. But the reason we we became carbon negative then was that um, it was it was the right thing to do. We didn't want to wait till 2050, 2040. You know, I think like everyone, we're aware that the climate emergency is, is, is real and it is bigger than we thought. And, you know, we've always been a sustainable business, but we, we sort of looked into the detail and we thought, right, we've, we've got to do something and we've got to do it now. And and like everything we do at Jude's, you know, we, we want to, we want to do everything we do to the best of our ability. So whether that's making the best ice cream, giving our, our customers the best customer service, bringing all, all our consumers, bring them joy in everything they eat. And we wanted to, um, you know, really, really tackle this problem of, of, of climate and carbon and really understand it. And so, yeah, we, 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 we put everything we have into it, um, which, has been, which has been an amazing journey. And I, and I think I'll just say that, um, the most important thing for us in, in this journey has been carbon reduction and and the focus on how do we reduce our carbon intensity. And I expect we'll, we'll come to that in, 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 a, in a bit um, as we chat. But so, yeah, Irina, that's that's the background on Jude's. Brilliant. Just an amazing story. Um, and Zubin, is this something that we should expect to see others capitalising on as well? When I, when I look at what's happening in the world, what we're seeing is that you know, if you're a really long-term investor, if you're a pension fund, then climate risk 
um, is going to play, play an increasing impact on your long-term investment returns. And you know, if you're if you're investing money for 40, 50 years, you could see the world of 40, 50 years away could look quite profoundly different if we don't get a grip with mm -hmm. climate change. And therefore, we're seeing long-term money moving their money under this agenda. And therefore, where we see companies being able to be agile and transform and meet the needs of what long-term money is looking for, then you're going to stand out from the pack. And it, it comes to a cost of capital question. You know, If you have long-term money on, on your shareholder register, that's the lowest cost of money around. Um, being able to make sure that you are receptive to what your shareholders want as they are changing their demands from you and that we're, we are seeing pension funds making commitments to say we'll move to net zero investments by 2030, 2035. Unless you transform as a corporate, then uh, those, those shareholders are going to exit and you will have more expensive money. And therefore, what we're seeing increasingly is companies recognising, and the oil industry has been, this for, been in this place for a long time, recognising that they need to transform, otherwise it's going to have an impact on their business. Whereas if they do transform and you know, companies seeing this is a source of competitive advantage because they can be very, very valuable in the hands of investors of tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, can I jump in? I, I totally agree. And, and I think it's sort of the, the, the classic line. If we wait for the consumer to tell us what, what they want, we're going to be too late. And, and I think all of us personally, individually, we're, we're all aware that where we spend our money is the most sort of powerful action that we can we, we can take and all of us as consumers all of us as individuals we're becoming you know increasingly aware increasingly discerning about um carbon and the climate and, and we want to we, we all want to make the right choices daily um and 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 i think think for us at juice you know we, we want to be that catalyst for change to say look this is what's possible we want to give our customers a choice so if you, if you choose a jubes tub uh, of ice cream you know that we're doing everything we can to reduce our carbon intensity so last year we reduced our carbon intensity by 20 percent um, and we're really focused on that and and for ev everyone else we want to show look it's possible we can we can make um we can make steps and all together you know there's all, all those incremental changes little changes we can all make we add them all together it can make a big difference um, but we can we can begin that journey it's, in, it's interesting, James, actually. It reminds me of, you know, in, in the olden days, clocks used to run at different uh, times through the UK. And uh, it was only once the advent of railways on a common gauge where um, people needed to have a standard time, didn't they? And I, could, I definitely yeah. feel this at the moment, that I don't think regulation is going to be the final answer. Regulation will follow where consumer attitudes and the market and the needs of investors will drive us. And I can see the market driving change way quicker than regulation, just like with the, with the standardization of time when the, when the railways were brought in, it was the need for the market to have standard time rather than somebody invented a regulation saying we need a, a standardized time system. Um, therefore, I think there's a lot of market force and a building market force at the moment. So let's yeah. build on build on that then. So it seems like the ideal point to start to explore some of those details. So James, where do you start with this level of change within an organisation? Well, I, I think the the first place to start is it's it's involving everyone. So for for how we've done it at Jude's, it's we've we've stepped back, we've recognised you know there's this huge issue. We, we've worked with um, Professor Mike Berners Lee, who's really helped us with the science behind it and his team 
Um, but it's really showing, starting stepping back, saying, you know, involving everybody. You know, this is not just an individual's responsibility. This is, this is a corporate collective responsibility of, okay, this is the issue. How can we resolve this? How can we, how can we fix this? What can we do? And then you sort of have the benefit of sort of the hive mind. You know, everyone is now, so for us, everyone now thinks of carbon in terms of their specific areas. And, and I think we've had a huge benefit over the last year. So I mentioned we've, we reduced our intensity by 20% over last year. And a big driver of that is that everyone has been thinking about it. And a bit like how to make the best ice cream, the best ice cream is made by lots of little fine tweaks, lots of little changes. And we've found for the carbon side, sustainability side, is that with everyone thinking about it, everyone making those little different steps, changes, you add it all up and it can make a big difference. Um, so I think probably the first, first thing would be for me to say is involve everyone, but then also don't, don't be daunted because it is really daunting, isn't it? Like the, the climate topic is really daunting. Like, you know, how, how, can, how can we sort of impact this? Um, you know, it's such a big topic, but I think if we just think that, you know, we're not going to get it perfect straight away. Um, you know, perfection isn't the goal. The goal is just to make that first step of thinking, okay, what can I do today? What are the choices we all have? And how, how can we start to make that meaningful difference? It's, it's an interesting question, Rowan, in terms of where you start with all of this. Um, we're, we're finding um, companies starting from different places. Some organisations are, are starting from a position where they've been thinking about this, thinking how this creates a source of competitive advantage and, and uh, this is a, let's call it a, a way of creating value. And they're, they're quite far down the road in, in their, their thinking. We're, we're also seeing companies just waking up to this issue. And, uh, you know, I've got uh, clients where um, the board has said, you know, we, we need to appoint somebody to start helping us with this on the board or, or on the management team who's going to take responsibility for it. And often then you come from quite a defensive standpoint saying, you know, I just, what do I need to do? Um, help me here. And often the, the area which people encounter first is when they have to start reporting stuff. And when you report stuff, then you're under the, the scrutiny of external stakeholders. And then companies need to think quite clearly as to, you know, how are they going to get the information that they're going to report? Where's this information coming from? And uh, very quickly, and, uh, you know, that'd be interesting to get James's take on it. You know, you don't look just in your own organisation. You've got to look beyond the borders of your, of your business, upstream and downstream. Because, the, for example, when you talk about carbon intensity and carbon emissions, you know, we talk about there's different scopes of emissions, aren't there? There's the, the, the stuff you do yourself, but also you're buying stuff from suppliers um, and you need to understand the scope of their emissions as well. And therefore, looking through your supply chain becomes absolutely critical. And that is hard at the moment. That is hard. And I'd be interested yeah. in, in James's take on how you dealt with that challenge of, you know, it's not just, you know, it's no good just Jude's in isolation being carbon negative because you rely on so many other parts of your supply chain, yeah. don't you? Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and I think, you know, we, we want to be a catalyst for change. And, and I think in all this, we want to share how we've done it. You know, this is, you know, the, the goal is for everyone to, um, everyone to reduce carbon and, you know, everyone to be thinking about this. And, and, and I totally agree with him, like, a few years ago, if you ask people, okay, what, what is the carbon in, in this product or in the supply chain? You know, not many people had the answers, but I, I think what's great now is that more and people are asking these same questions. And so, 
you know that information is becoming more more available um but you know it's absolutely not perfect um but i i think yeah you know that can't be the obstacle for for not keeping on going and and i think as we uh, you know as the months and years go on the information will become better but i i think sort of a learning for us especially over the last sort of two three years is that you know we we are really really aware that offsetting and so we're, we're carbon negative scopes one to three um in terms of um what we offset um but offsetting isn't the answer you know for us it's it's more like we, we happen to offset but the most important thing for us is how do we reduce carbon intensity um and and i think that that's the key question within this whole area is for every business every family every individual to think in terms of you know how how they live life how, how can they reduce their carbon intensity and, and asking questions related to that and the more of us who ask those questions the more innovation that will happen the faster it will happen and it's i think it's incredible how quickly things can adapt and change um so i i, I definitely agree that the yeah the, the, the information is often really hard to get to and there's different ways of measuring things and you know and it's and it's yeah, it, it, it's probably never going to be perfect. But if we're all collectively focused on, OK, how how do we how do we reduce, you know, how, how do we do this? What can we do? Um, then, uh, yeah, then it will make a difference. It's, it's, it's interesting, James, that you know, at one level, you can be completely daunted by all this. You know, how do you gather information on stuff that you've never gathered before? How do you how, yeah. do, you, how do you make sense of it? You know, is is a certain amount of carbon um, emissions good or bad sort of thing you know it's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's new for a lot of people one thing that we found is uh, you know I'll just use the analogy with cost and if you you know many organizations are familiar with how you take cost out of your business and you know you take cost out of your business by you get you do a baseline as to what your current costs are and then you look at what are the demands for you know activities which create the demands for stuff that you spend on and then you work out you know do you do you do you need those things that uh, you're spending money on and then you can take cost out there is a there is quite a clear analogy in my mind that uh, you can do something pretty similar in a rough and ready way around carbon i you can do a carbon baseline but typically in organizations where you spend money often is where you emit carbon and where you spend money, um, you then need to look through, you know, what is the demand for, for those uh, those expenditures? And therefore, you know, you can then look through not just carbon offsets, but carbon removals, but carbon avoidance. I, you stop yeah. the demand for the activity in the first place, just as yeah. by stopping the demand for an activity, you typically save money. So I think yeah. there, there, are, there are a whole lot of tools and thinking that companies can bring which aren't too dissimilar from what they've had to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis yeah but just with a different Absolutely. mindset absolutely and 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 it's sort of the, the information is king isn't it and it's you know five years ago if you asked anyone could they tell you the the carbon footprint of their their different products or services and i imagine the answer would probably be very few or if, if none um whereas now if we can start to build carbon into yeah, as you say, it's essentially sort of our cost matrix. So an example for us is that um, we are sort of working out for every flavor, every skew that we produce, what is the carbon footprint? And so then we have a whole different measurement of, okay, what what flavors, what, what products do we want in the market? If this product is 
has a higher carbon intensity because of for whatever reason in the supply chain, um, do we want to be selling that product? And the answer is probably no. And we can create an even better and even more delicious alternative. Um, but having that information to then think, oh, okay, look, here's a long tail. Here, 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 here's how our, our, our sales mix um, is made up of, you know, the different services. But, you know, being able to have that conversation and think about it um, is, I think, for us, really exciting now that, you know, this, this information is now starting to become available. You know, we can really do that additional bit of analysis. Um, and, it, and it would be fascinating, you know, I, I don't know um, for, for, for PwC, but for, for, for you guys and, and lots of your clients of understanding what is the carbon of the different services of the different products everyone produces, supplies. Um, and, and then for us all to be making decisions, you know, including carbon in that. And Jane, sort of building on that and listening to the, the transformation needed, obviously that data and clarity on that reporting and progress is really, really important. But also having that mindset and energy that you mentioned around your people is just such a huge factor in pushing through these goals. So it'd be just really interesting to hear what are some of the practical advice points that you'd give around that side of the agenda? Yeah, I, I, I think, um, Ruin, I, I think it's all about involving everyone. So it's, it's a bit like, so we're, we're a B Corps. Um, and, and that's really embedded in our in our team and and you know the idea that we want to be a force for good and the different sort of stakeholders and pillars that we approach that for and it's the same for the sustainability side it's you know everyone being involved regularly meeting and and talking about it but i think if you can if you can, if you can galvanize the energy of your team um then i think you can make a real difference and i think everyone will be surprised um, how much of a difference can be made. So I, I'd say um, that's really important. And then for us, another thing that's really important is we're part of the B Corp community. Um, and, you know, B corporations are, are you know, they're, they're an, it's an amazing community. And I, and I think for us, it's great because we, we will be challenging ourselves internally in lots of questions and, you know, we, we'll know a bit of stuff, but, you know, we're never going to know everything and we're never going to be able to challenge ourselves um, as robustly as get, have being part of a community who is also all, all thinking about these same topics and same questions. Um, so I think it's, it's being, I suppose the answer really is, is, is having, I think for us, it's having everyone involved internally and then it's being open to, um, open to other voices, challenging voices. You know, we, we want to be challenged ultimately. You know, for, for, for Jews, we're looking to create the best ice cream give the best customer service, um, you know, bring life to people and planet. And, and to do that, and to do that really well, we we need to and want to be challenged. You know, we, we want to be challenged so we get better. It's, it's interesting, James, you know, your, your story in terms of what you've done with Jude and becoming a B Corps is, uh, you know, is, is, is an inspirational story. Many organisations aren't B Corps, but what we're seeing is, you know, you know Bloomberg, has pointed to by 2025, they expect $50 trillion of assets being managed under ESG mandates. And therefore, you know, whether you're B, B Corp or not, this this is coming. You know, inv investors yeah. 
are, are making demands of organizations that they will have never seen before. And therefore, the more you can build in, whether it's a B Corps or not, the way that James has talked about building this thing into integrated decision-making, integrated thinking, integrated reporting, you know, this becomes the heart of your business rather than an adjunct of your business. Yeah. Then, then yeah. that is going to, that's the critical part. And, and therefore, there's, a, there's so much of a sort of hearts and minds part of this here. But otherwise, you know, investors will find you increasingly uninvestable down the line and that's 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 the bit which we're finding um yeah. companies being engaged on i it's not just the b calls which are leading the way but it's it, we see long-term money is is forcing companies to yeah. get on this agenda and shape the agenda and, and and i totally agree with that because i think if we all reflect on our spending habits and of what you know how our thinking is evolving you know, we are all spending differently and um, and I think that's just going to increase every year. You know, there's, there's real momentum behind this. Um, and, and for example, you know, I haven't mentioned plant-based, but you know, plant-based ice cream, plant-based products for us is, is, a huge, um, is a huge part of our business and we're really focused on. And, 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 and we, we started sort of five years ago. And, and I think the example here is that um, five years ago, if you talk about plant-based products, most people probably would be thinking in their mind um i'm going to sort of sacrifice a bit of quality um if i do that and it won't be as nice and and you know we've really focused on creating products which are as good if not better than our, our dairy products um and the huge advantage of them is that they have a lower carbon footprint um but that's been you know being able to get to where we are today is through lots of innovation lots of work and thinking okay this is possible we, we can make that change and i think you know today we will see that you know this is what consumers are really looking for and after and willing to to change their spending habits so if you had to share sort of your top one or two lessons james from jude's what would they be to our listeners just begin no one is going to get it perfect um uh, just begin you know take the first step you know i think have a have a team meeting have all your different teams have a meeting it's a shared problem okay carbon how do we how how do we tackle this and and then and then run with it and and and, and see how you know the collective energy of the team um and business comes up with answers ideas and solutions um and and i think as well like jumping back it's you sorry to 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 zoom's last point i think to also mention in terms of you know, we used to we we didn't used to have a sustainability team at Jude's, and you know we are a relatively small business, but you know we we now do um, because for us it's the most important part of our business. Um, so you know we are really focused on making sure that we you know every month, every year, you know we we are getting better at this. So I think the first one would be just just begin. Um, involve people if you can allocate budget to it you know this is, it's such a it's such a key topic um and and try to begin you know we talked today about the information information's king try to gather the information on on your business in terms of its carbon footprint um and try to understand that detail oh brilliant advice there and zubin what about companies in other industries too or with multinational complex structures and supply chains what would be your advice i'll just go back to this is happening now this is what investors wanting you've just heard from james as to this is what consumers are wanting and therefore this is uh, making the case for transformative change to make your company not just relevant for the future but i think you know 
the, the front runners will be the ones who gain competitive advantage out of this because they will be distinctive in their markets to their customers and to their investors and to their stakeholders and to their people um, in the future. And therefore, if you can, if you can embrace what's happening in the world and think, you know, what, what does the world in five years time need from an organization like me and change your organization so you're relevant from it, then that's a, a true source of competitive advantage and, and a, a source of sustained success. Thank you. Some great advice there to um, end on. So that draws us to the close of another In Conversation with episode in our Business and Focus podcast. Thanks so much, James and Zubin, for a fascinating discussion and really good advice there. If this conversation has got you thinking about how you can put ESG goals at the heart of your business strategy, please visit our website at pwc.co.uk forward slash ESG, where you can find out more about the work that we're doing to support businesses across this agenda, as well as wide practical insights. And of course, thank you to everyone for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with future episodes. Thanks, everyone. And please tune in again soon. 